So, how y'all doing tonight? Good, good. <laughs> we got a few people here in the house, and uh, we want to thank you again. We welcome you to joining us online. We're so grateful for your presence. And uh, tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the season that we find ourselves in. I believe that there's three things that we must have in order to not just survive. Our goal shouldn't be just to survive. Our goal should be to prosper and to thrive. And I believe if we get a hold of these three things, I think, I, be, I believe we'll be able to do that. And if you look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the New King James Version, the Apostle Paul wrote this. And you've all heard the scripture before. It says, for, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We need power, we need love, and we need a sound mind. Now, a couple weeks ago, my brother Kurt stood up here, and he talked about power on, and it was awesome. And so when Pastor asked me, and by the way, my name is Leon Barber. For those of you who don't know me, I'm an executive director here at Harvest Church. And uh, when Pastor Coyne asked me to give the message tonight, that, was a, that scripture was the first thing that came to my mind. And the next thing that came to my mind was Brother Kurtz. Power, love, and a sound mind. So tonight we're going to talk about a little bit about the love of God and why that's so important. The love of God. The love of God. We can see in the scriptures what is the best evidence or demonstration of the love of God. From John 3, 16 through 18 in the message, it says, This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He sent Jesus to help, to put the world right again, and anyone who trusts in him is acquitted, and anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without even knowing it. That's how much God loves you, and that's how much he loves me. And what an awesome picture of God's love for us. But guess what? There's another reason why the love of God is so important, and we have an important part to play. So as I prayed about it and I started getting into word to see what God had to say about it, I began to see that as a born-again Christian, the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad and already in our hearts. It's already on the inside of us. The same kind of love that God showed us by, by giving us his son. Think about it. The Bible says while we were yet dead in our sins, he sent his only begotten son to shed his blood for us. That same love, believe it or not, God wants us to show to other people. We need power, love, and a sound mind. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 John 4, 11 to 12. My dear friends, if God loved us like this, then we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God, but if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us and his love becomes complete in us. Perfect love. And I dug a little further in the word. And I saw this instruction from Jesus Christ himself. In John 13, 34, he said, this is Jesus talking now. 
He said, let me give you a new command. Love one another. In the same way I love you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the love that you have for each other. Now, notice that Jesus used the word command, and he didn't use the word suggestion. Or he didn't say, you know what, I think this might be a good idea for y'all to love each other. No. He said, I'm giving you a new command. Love one another. And then I read in 1 John 4, 20 to 21, it says, if anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If that person won't love the person he can see, how can we, he love the God that he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You have got to love both. And uh, <laughs> I don't think God could be any clearer in his instructions when he says we've got to love both. So let me just take a few minutes and tell you all a true story. A lot of you have heard it. Some of you have not. It does bear repeating for those of you who have not heard it. And, uh, and the only reason I'm telling it is because Pastor taught me a long time ago. He said, Leon, it's impolite for you to talk about other people. But it's okay for you to talk about yourself. And I, yeah. So I'm going to talk about me. Um, a long time ago in a galaxy far, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> My laptop just went crazy on okay. I was just joking. A long time ago, uh, many years ago, when I first met Pastor Coyne, um, we just took a liking to each other. And this was over 20 years ago. And uh, he came to Kernersville, where I live, and we had breakfast together. And he didn't know it, or maybe he did know it. I don't know. Um, at the time, my wife and I, we were going through all kinds of struggles, man. It was, I thank God, you know what, he... God causes us to forget a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? He just, because of his peace, you just kind of like, he flushes things out of our brain. But when I was thinking about this lesson, I started thinking, I said, Lord, you have delivered us from so much. But anyway, we were sitting there um, eating, and, uh, and he was listening, and I was talking. And back then, I'll be honest with you, I was a real jerk. And some of you are probably saying, you know what? Like God, you haven't changed. No, just... <laughs> But I was not a very, I was not, I didn't have a lot of the love of God in me, didn't know anything about it, and of course I was going through stuff, I was acting out in the flesh, and I don't even remember what Pastor and I were talking about, but I do know that I, I barked at him rather impolitely, <clears throat> and I uh, don't even remember what I said, and, and Pastor, if you're watching, I'm sure you remember this, and he looked at me, he looked me dead in the eye, and he said, you know what, he said, son, you need to be well-oiled in the love of God. And I was like, I was like, what? You know, to this, I didn't say that. That's what I was thinking. And then as if he was ready my mind, he looked at me, he leaned over the table, and I'll never forget that he said, you need to be well-oiled with the love of God because right now you're squeaking kind of loud. Oh, man. I had never in my life had anybody challenge me like that. I really, I got angry, but you know what, I mean, in retrospect, I, I, I wonder, was I angry at him or was I more angry with myself? But it's amazing when we're going through some challenges and we think we know what the answers or the solutions are, and then somebody comes along and they start giving you the answer, it's just amazing. 
Anyway, I had to really think about what Pastor said that day and what he said in a subsequent uh, church service a few weeks later. During a service, he was teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is Paul's instructions to the church at Corinth about how to love people with the love of God. And after that service, I did something radical. I took chapter 13, verses 1 through verses 4 through 8 in the Amplified, and I typed it up, I blew it up, and I taped those four pieces of paper on my refrigerator so that I would see it every time I went into the refrigerator, which I went into an awful lot. Oh, so today I, w- I want to share with you my, uh, my observation about what Paul taught there. But first, please understand, if you are born again Christian, the love of God has already been put into our hearts. Romans 5.5 5 says, such hope in God's promises never disappoints us because God's love has been abundantly poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So as Christians, we literally have no excuse for not obeying Jesus' instructions from John 13, 34 to 35, where he said, let me give you a new command, love one another. You know, God is so good. He gives us clear instructions and help for every situation that we as human beings have to deal with. Now, we have to read the Bible. We have to study it. We have to be under good instruction. We have to be under great leadership. So we have real human beings who are following God that we can follow but if we're listening, God gives us the answer. You know what? I believe why Paul wrote first, why he wrote to his, his son in, in the faith, Timothy, and said, I want to make sure I get this right. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He wrote that for Timothy, and he wrote it for us because he knew those three things are literally weapons. The power of God, the love of God. And having a sound mind, those are weapons. If you have that, the enemy can't touch you. He can't touch you. So let's go through this together. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 in the Amplified. Love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful. Love is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. This is how God is with us. He is patient, he is kind, and he is thoughtful, and he is ever mindful of us. It's particularly good advice for us husbands on how to treat our wives with kindness and with thoughtfulness. Also notice that love doesn't brag or display pride or arrogance. And I got to say, looking back on that day that Pastor had to talk with me, I I I was pretty arrogant. But you know what? He chose with the love of God that he had in his heart towards me, he chose to overlook that fault. He could have gotten just as mad at me as I was at him, but he didn't. I, I will appreciate him as long as I'm on this planet for that. And you know what? I try to think about that when I'm tempted to be prideful and arrogant towards other people. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Love is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not provoked nor overly sensitive or easily angered. Love takes no account of a wrong endured. Man, can you imagine? Love is not rude. I'm not even going to ask y'all how many of y'all were rude today. I'm not even going to go there. 
I'm going to leave that one alone. I really had a hard time with that part of the scripture about love not being easily angered and love takes no account of a wrong, of a suffered wrong. I asked God, I said, how in the world can I not be affected when somebody does something wrong? I mean, it's, it's, it is not humanly possible. And you know what? The moment I said that, this is what God said. He said, you are right. Go to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. This is, what the, this is what that scripture says. And so he answered me and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It is by the spirit of God that we're able to do these things. God said it's by his spirit that we're able to do these things, and we are able to not take account when we suffer a wrong. Just imagine, just imagine what kind of world this would be if when somebody Okay, let me give you a real example. So at work, I have this guy that for the last three and a half years, I call him the terrorist because he's been trying to terrorize me, literally. And uh, back when the old days in the old Leon, I wouldn't be here now. I'd be in prison. Y'all be bringing me, uh, <laughs> y'all be bringing me a, a big cake with a file in it so I can get it. <laughs> because that dude would have lost some teeth by now, you know what I'm saying? But anyway... But because of the love of God is shed abroad in my heart, when he started years ago, I mean, literally, for no reason at all, just started tearing into me. And even to this day, he still doesn't like me. But I have never, ever, in over three years, responded in kind. As a matter of fact, when I think about it, I get amused. I just start laughing. <laughs> and, he, and, and, and it dawned on me, I said, you know what? This is real strength. This is, this is real freedom because clearly it really, something about me really bothers him. But there's nothing about him that bothers me. Matter of fact, there's probably about 25 or 30 people that I pray over every morning. And he's on that list. And he's been on that list for a couple of years. Isn't that something? I know that we can do this. But it's only by the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6 says, love does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. God's love in us does not rejoice when we witness unfairness or injustice being inflicted on someone. But God's love in us is extremely happy when we hear the truth. That's why we have to learn to listen to our spirit man in order to properly discern things. I read a lot of Dad Hagen's words. Man, I'm so thankful that God put him on this earth to take the walk that he took and to think the thoughts that he thought and put it all in writing and make it so simple so we can understand. Being led by the Spirit of God, being able to discern by the Spirit of God, oh man, it's just, it's just awesome. And that's why when you hear the truth, I don't know, when you hear the truth, it, it witnesses to your spirit, amen? You know, in the, on the inside of you. God's love in us is extremely happy when we hear the truth. And that's why we need to learn to listen to our spirit man. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 7. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes. Love believes all things, looking for the best in each one. 
Love hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times. Love endures all things without weakening. This is really, really interesting. The love of God in us is capable of bearing all things. The love of God in us looks for the best in all things and all people regardless. But you know what? It doesn't really matter how people treat me. What matters is how I treat other people. I am not responsible for you. I'm responsible for me. And God is watching me and will judge me based on what I do. So no matter what anybody says to me, no matter what anybody does to me, I think about that before I react. And I do my best to react with the love of God in my heart. Look for the best in all things. Love hopes for the best during challenging times. Love endures all things without our knees buckling. Man, this love of God is some powerful stuff when you really get into it. Question, what would the world be like if most people looked for the best in people instead of expecting the worst? You know, a lot of times people, when you have a relationship with someone, whether it's at work, family, wherever, people will typically rise to the expectations that you have of them. I've read there's been psychologists that have done experiments with a group of children. They've had 10 children over here and 10 children over here. And these 10 children, unfortunately, they told these 10 children, you're never going to amount to much. You're never going to be able to do anything. You might as well forget about going to college. It's never going to happen. And then these 10 children over here, without knowing anything about them, they say, you are the brightest kids we've ever seen in our lives. Your IQ is off the chart. You're going to grow up. You're going to be the president of the United States. You're going to be a general. You're going to be a physician. You're going to be a multi-billionaire. And you know what? They track those kids. And invariably, this group of kids, the majority of them, fulfill the expectations that were given to them. This group of kids, unfortunately, did the same thing. Unless somebody came along and gave them a different set of information. People will rise to the level, and that's why it's so important that how we treat people in God's eyes is so important. Man, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 Verse 8, love never fails. Oh, man, the first time I read that, I was like, my goodness, God's love never fails. Is that a guarantee or what? I mean, last time I went to shop for a car, man, this car never break down, this car never fails. I was like, okay, come on, man, come on. God's love will never fail. I'm learning that the love of God is an incredible weapon when confronted with a person with a not-so-positive attitude, again, or someone expressing anger towards me, although I cannot for the life of me understand why anybody would ever get upset with me. I, I just don't understand that. But anyway, just saying. Watch this. How can you fight the love of God? How can anybody fight the love of God? When you're confronted with anger, the love of God is not provoked or easily angered. It takes no account of a suffered wrong. Are you getting the picture? It's, it's power. It's power. And you want to know why the love of God in us never fails? Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. This is what he said. He said, and never return evil for evil or insult for insult. Avoid scolding, berating, or any kind of abuse. When on the contrary, give a blessing. Pray for one another's well-being. 
contentment, and protection. For you have been called for this very purpose, that you might inherit a blessing from God that brings well-being, happiness, and protection. And when we walk in the love of God, regardless of what is said or done to us, we win. We win. <laughs> I had a gentleman ask me one time, he's like, he, he actually said this to me, one of my coworkers. Uh, I was in a meeting with the gentleman that I just told you about, and there were about seven or eight of us. And, uh, and I mean, he was, and I don't, I don't work for this guy. I mean, we're like peers, but he was, every chance he got, it was like kind of a dig or an insult. And I didn't say a word. And so my coworker called me because he was mad. <laughs> he was really upset. And I said, uh, well, why, why, well, why are you so upset? It's not right. <coughs> I said, you know what? You're right. It's not right. I said, but I, I, this, is, I said, this is the way I think about it. I said, do I want to be right or do I want to win? See, you can be right and lose. I want to win. It doesn't matter whether I'm right or wrong. I want to win. How do I win? By doing what God says to do, no matter what anybody else says. <laughs> so we have, a, we have a few minutes left. I want to wrap up. I'm going to read something to you. This is uh, one of my uh, daily devotions that uh, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland wrote. Pastor, I don't know if you're watching or not, but you gave Patrice and I this book back in 2002, because my wife writes in it. She, every time somebody gives us something, she writes in it, she, the date and who gave it to us. But listen to this. The title of it is Walk in Love. How much do we really know about love? We've talked about it. We're familiar with all the scriptures about it. And we've heard so many sermons about it that if we're not careful, we'll just let them flow in one ear and out the other. But in spite of all that, most of us don't know the first thing about the real power of love. For instance, researchers have found that hostility and the stress it causes are physically damaging. But walking in love is good for your health, and the benefits don't end there. Let me stop right there. The gentleman I've been telling you about, one time one person on our job was leaving, so we took that person out to lunch, and I actually rode in his car with him. <laughs> I know, right? I actually rode in the car with him because I just wanted to, you know, it was something. God put it on my heart. He said, who wants to ride me? I said, I will. Nobody else would, but I would. <laughs> and uh, and I, I noticed something. I noticed that, that there's some sort of medical condition going on there. <clears throat> this was a few years ago. That's when I put him on my prayer list. Because I noticed that, that when he was driving, all of a sudden his, his personality would change. He would just get angry at, because he perceived somebody cut him off. And he was, I said, we're just sitting here at a red light. You know why? I believe hostility and the stress it causes are physically damaging. And I believe because it's for some reason or another, he, he has a hostile nature, it's been damaging him for years and he doesn't even know it. 
But listen to this. Agape love, or God's love, is a new kind of power. It makes us the master of every situation. As long as we walk in love, we cannot be hurt and we cannot fail. No weapon that is formed against us will prosper. No one even has the power to hurt our feelings because we're not ruled by feelings, but by God's love. We are loving as he loved. E.W. Kenyon accurately tagged this agape love as a new kind of selfishness where we no longer seek our own success, yet our success is guaranteed because we're seeking the success of other people. This love is revolutionary. If we fully understood the great return from living in God's love, we'd probably be competing with each other, each of us trying to love the other more. Wouldn't that be something? My wife has a favorite saying. Somebody will say to her, I love you. She'll mean to say, I love you more. <laughs> and then somebody, be, I heard one lady said, uh, I love you to infinity and beyond. And I, I, don't know what that, I don't know what happened after that, but. Man, wouldn't that be something if we had a world full of people that were competing with each other to see who could serve each other the most and who could love each other the best? Wouldn't that be awesome? Love is revolutionary. And without a doubt, everyone would emerge from that competition a winner. Think about that. When we are yielding to love, we'll be enjoying the best God has to offer. Love, joy, peace. The whole world is chasing after these things. The entire world. They don't even know it. People, I, oh my God. I was in, uh, I was in Lowe's. Yeah, I had a, my uh, uh, barbecue, what do you call that thing, grill, propane gas, ran out. Got to go to Lowe's, man. So I was standing in line, you know, six feet behind, mask on, and uh, they had one register open. And then all of a sudden, uh, they opened up another one, and a gentleman that was, um, he, was in, he was like two people in front of me, he scooted over to the other line, and somebody scooted in front of him. And I mean, he went off. He, I thought he was going to have a heart attack. He cussed that person. I was like, oh, my God. People are like that out there in the world today. And uh, they're chasing this peace, and they don't even know that they're chasing it. They need it. They don't even know that they need it. Every human being on this planet needs the love of God. Think about that. When, you, when we are yielding to love, we'll be enjoying the best God has to offer. Love, joy, and peace, the whole world is chasing after these things. People are trying to reach out and get them through drugs and alcohol and immorality, but that they cannot. That's impossible. The things that are against God only draw you further from a life of peace and well-being. The only way to achieve that kind of life is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and learn to yield to the love of God placed inside of us. It's really rather simple. We can live in hostility and be stressed out, or we can walk in love and have supernatural peace. I love God. He's <laughs> he makes success in his eyes, so simple. So simple. It's not complicated. 
Anytime I hear something complicated, I know God's not in it. That's man trying to impress people. God says, listen, I sent you my son. You've received my son as your savior. My love is shed abroad in your heart. Now I need you to express that love in every, every area of your life towards every human being that you come across with no concern about how they treat you, no concern about what they say to you, just walk in my love and watch what I do. Isn't that awesome? Well, Father, we just thank you. Thank you for that word. Thank you, Father, for the love of God that you've shed abroad in our hearts. Thank you, Father, for teaching us these things and helping us to walk these things out. And Father, we know that in order for us, as I said at the beginning, not to merely survive during these times, but to prosper and thrive. We need to have a sound mind. We need to have power. And we need your love, Father. So Father, I just ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus that everyone within the sound of my voice, that if they don't know your son, Father, I ask you to lead them to you through your son Jesus and I ask you Father to give every person with the sound of my voice a revelation about the love of God and how to walk in it so that they too can be successful and Father we thank you for this evening thank you for your presence thank you for your word in Jesus name amen so I want to thank you guys for visiting with us today worshiping with us today virtually. Uh, as, as Michael stated earlier, we are taking some baby steps toward reopening so we can uh, start meeting together again in person. But we invite you to join us, stream with us live Sunday 9 o'clock at 11 o'clock. You're going to hear another tremendous word. We're going to have some awesome worship. Be a great time in the Lord. We look forward to seeing you then. Enjoy the rest of your evening. God bless you.